Hello, good evening. How are you, my friends? I hope you all doing fabulous. I just wanted to pop in here at the beginning to uh, let you guys know a couple things before this episode uh, begins. Uh, first off, this is obviously, since you clicked on it, you will know, it is a conversation I had with Joe a couple weeks ago that I'm finally getting around to editing and publishing and, and getting on the internet for you all to see. And I know, I know you all are going to be curious as to where I've been, and I promise you'll you'll get you'll get a little a little tease of like what's been what's been going on with me in this episode but i promise i, I I'll, I'll do another episode or something where i can just talk about what's been going on maybe a video i don't know i don't i don't really want to do an entire freaking podcast episode just talking about myself it's just we've we've had enough we're 50 we're, we're almost 50 episodes in this podcast i know it's been a while i had a summer off whatever but like freaking you know i don't i don't want to go back to just rambling for an hour because i don't think that was really much of a show and i don't really want to have to do the kind of research i did with the last few episodes where i try to make it more of a news thing i might do a similar show to that i had fun trying to mess around with like the whole you know just the setup for the show and the kind of format, but uh, I'll I'll save that for a different show. I got a couple other podcasts that I'm working on starting. I know, bad idea, Vinny. Bad idea, bad Vinny. Bad. You're taking on too much stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I can't I can't stop myself, guys. I get into the zone, and uh, I get these ideas, and I I can't stop myself. What do you, What do you know? Some weird side effect. It's almost like I have a a, a very common uh, uh, mental illness where I uh, tend to uh, hyper focus. On uh, things that maybe I shouldn't be hyper-focusing on. But anyway, that being said, my friends, I would like to offer this, uh, l let's call it a content warning. Uh, so Joe and I, very early on in this episode, get into discussion about Andrew Tate, which was someone I hadn't really heard that much about. Um, in in I, I wish if I'd known we were going to talk so much about it, I would have done a little more in, uh, uh, research on it because I really only knew... Uh, the um, kind of basis of what you know I I picked up and so I, I really I really di didn't have much to say on it aside from like the obvious of like Andrew Tate is a rape apologist Andrew Tate is a uh, you know alpha male using those hand quotes there because it's not a real fucking thing uh, oh content warning I say fuck apparently I think that's going to be the only one in this episode, though. So uh, you're welcome. This is this is this is an f-word free episode, aside from those two. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, if if freaking if you don't want to hear about Andrew Tate, and I would like to emphasize that neither Joe or I uh, endorse Andrew Tate or approve of the things he said or done or acted upon or endorsed. Freaking. We have we have different like levels to which we disavow him, I guess, but um neither of us neither of us align with his view of uh, what it, what it means to be man. But that did open the door for a, uh, a somewhat interesting conversation about what it means to be masculine. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim that I did very well. Uh, but I think I think the thing about it is is like there are very few like 
you know, conservative people that I, I care to like interact with. Joe is one of the few because if nothing else, I feel like our conversations are interesting. I don't know if they're productive, but they're at least interesting. And it made for a made for a decent episode. And I hope you guys will enjoy it. I will give another warning. I know you are all enjoying my beautiful, beautiful, smooth voice. Thanks to the sure SM7B. But unfortunately, Vinny is a moron and uh, had his wrong microphone selected when we recorded this, meaning that I use my webcam microphone. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. I've used it before on like live streams and podcasts back in the olden days, and it was a lot better than what I was using before. But just be forewarned, there's going to be some, some, you know, there's going to be a sudden drop in the episode quality in here in a couple minutes. Uh, right about right about now. So let's just let's just cut over. This is the uh, this is the conversation Joe and I had. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I'll be back soon with more fries with Vinny. Uh, roll it. Play the episode. Here we go. It's the podcast time, ladies and gentlemen. It's the return. The return of Fridays with Vinny. It's the it's the show. The show oh, that you guys show. all What's this? What's this? We appear to not be alone. Something hey, is guys. wrong with this episode. Something is How's wrong with this episode. Oh, hang on. <coughs> My video Something... isn't on. Let me Wait get a it. Second. There. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Vinny. Oh, How you doing? oh, oh, Joe. How's it going, Top Joe, G? Joe How's Rogan. Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan Tate. That's my Joe new. Rogaine. That's my new handle. Yeah. Mm. And first off, Vinny, I wanted to talk about why when my wife and I are going out, I choose the restaurant. I choose the restaurant every time, and I will. Uh, I'll you choose it every time because i don't need to sit for 30 minutes while she says well i don't know which one i want to go to i just can't decide and i i as the man it is my job to decide and i say no we're going to taco bell that's what you decide every time anyway and so we we save so much time so men that's for you okay well well well, joseph tate i uh i can't help but feel like like maybe (laughs) maybe it's better that you know we uh we we respect the web, you know. Maybe maybe sometimes just you know it doesn't have to be a hundred percent of the time. You know, we uh, give fifty fifty. <laughs> Spit really went off no, the rails. No, but in all, all seriousness, in case I need to say it, I I do have a lot of respect for my wife. I love her very much, and uh, there's in every relationship you need a mutual respect. It can't survive one sided. So as long as you all I'm, remember that, any relationship will be. I'm great. glad you put that footnote in there. I just wanted to say uh, that. I I know how these I know how these podcast people be, you know. Anyway, speaking of podcast people, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fridays with Vinny. It's the show that you guys went a, an entire summer without. I I can't imagine how you survived an entire summer with no Fridays with Vinny, but but we're back. Here I thought Vinny we're, got banned off YouTube, but no, it wasn't. No, that he uh, was no, uploading, and was, I wasn't getting them. He just wasn't there. Yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't YouTube's fault for once. You know, I can blame it for all the other times, but this time it was all me. I will accept the blame. Um, and in similar fashion, 
two uh, folks from Alabama. We're keeping it in the family this this week. <laughs> <laughs> By having Joe, ladies and gentlemen, another white guy. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> how does it feel to be? A, how does it feel to be the second white guy on podcast? My only, my, I'm not the second, am I? Because I mean, you. Well, you're no. I mean, not on this podcast, but on this episode. You're the oh, second white oh, guy. That is true. That is true. How does it feel to be the second and last white guy on this episode, you know? Yep. Yeah. There there will be I will make this promise um, as as host of Fries with Vinny, as the V himself. Um there will be no more white guys on this episode. I've, I think you're going to say it. each episode will have at least one white guy <laughs> per episode to maintain diversity. I mean, and that's also a good show going. Over yeah. the summer, the reason he was gone was because he shut it down and only allowed uh, people who were not white to host it, and there was no one there to fill that role, so the show just disappeared. So that's I actually, mean, ladies I, and gents, why it was I gone. mean, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively good friends with, uh, I can't remember his name now. Um, shoot. Of course, it, it, it'd go for me right when I was trying to say that I'm relatively good friends with him. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm good friends with this guy. He's got a darker skin tone. He comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> I have been I have been making it a goal to uh, have a couple people on who uh, are not your traditional podcast blokes. Right. It's just uh, it's just for uh, it's hard for me to get guests on. You know. Yeah. Like Dude, for I starters, episode with uh, with Pedro that got me. That was a good episode. Um, I was working that on was... the res that day longer than oh, I was supposed yeah. to have to, and I didn't have any help and. That's a that's a tough place to be. I just feel out of place there. You know, it's funny. The guy yeah. was helping. He's also Joe, but he's he's uh, actually Oglala uh, native, and it's funny. He just fits right in. It like yeah. doesn't bother him at all. He's just like, oh, I was grown up here, and I'm just like, I feel weird here. I I don't feel. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, I want to. So here's the thing I've been wondering about. Okay, because you know I'm going back to school here at Mines, and of course, mm. you know during orientation, everyone's just like. So where are you from, man? Where are you from? And everyone's all like, "Oh, I'm from North Dakota, or I'm from I'm from Montana, or you know, I'm from Iowa." You know, all these different places. And I'm just like, my first impulse, even the like, I've lived. You know, we've both lived here for over over five years now. You know, coming up so on it's what just like, seven well, now? I, I think yeah, man, we're at least at six. So right. at this point, it's kind of like um, you know, technically speaking, this is my home. Like I'm a South Dakota boy. Right, but like I don't, I don't feel like I'm from South Dakota. You know what I mean? It's, it's to almost like, say, "Oh, I'm from Illinois." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can, like right. I feel like a Midwest person. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel like I'm from South Dakota. Yeah. So, when I when I went to uh, uh, Florida with Faith and her family, this is kind of sort of uh, on the topic. Uh, people would ask me frequently, "Oh, where are you from?" They could tell I wasn't from the area. You know, you can. Mm. You know, that's kind of the only thing you can ask a tourist if you're from yeah. Florida and somebody's just there and you know they're there because, you know, tourists. Um, so it's the nicest you can be without being like, I wish you weren't here. Traffic's terrible. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was like, I feel like I should say from Illinois, but technically speaking, I don't live there anymore. And so I was like, even though I've only lived in South Dakota for like a year and a half, two years at this point, I'm just going to from now on say I'm from wherever I'm living. If my house is located mm -hmm. there, that's where I'm from. I moved back to Illinois for about four or five months over that one summer before Faith and I got mm. married, and I was once again from Illinois. That's what I tell people. And then they look at my li license plate on my car and be like, mm, that's no <laughs> and I'm like, that's well, I'm going back eventually. 
but yeah. right now I'm from Illinois. So, uh, but right. I get what you mean. And because I well, overthink yeah. things, I have to uh-huh. lay ground rules like sure. that and just decide, you know yeah. what, I'm just going to give it exactly yeah. how it is right up front. If sure. my, uh, I do about, I do about 50% of the time. If I've got time to tell a story, I'll go into the full story. But most, most of the time people just making casual conversation. Don't yeah. And they, they don't want to hear your back. It all, depends. it all depends on the goal. Today I was, uh, I was forced through obligation of, of classes to attend the career fair, which I'm going to be honest, I thought was going to be terrible. I, I didn't want to go. Yeah. I was just like, I don't, and I'm not, I can't do an internship this summer. Like it's uh-huh. not feasible. Uh, but I still, I still kind of enjoyed going there because, uh, you know, I was, I was, it wasn't, uh, I didn't really necessarily feel out of the place, you know, Right. which is, uh, it's just nice. I did, uh, I talked to, uh, one person from like skull construction. Oh um, yeah. They got some internships. They're probably not looking for physics majors, you know, probably looking for, uh, <laughs> for mechanical uh, industrial engineers. Yeah. People, somebody who, working people to tell them how deep dig their holes. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but it was, um, like talking to people there, it was just like, because you're talking to potential employers and they're, but they're also there to talk to a whole bunch of people. You kind of got to learn how to like, uh, pace your stories and figure out how much to in detail to add. Yeah. Yeah. That is a tricky thing to do. Yeah. It's I don't, funny. You wouldn't think it'd be that difficult, but it really yeah. is to, uh, you know, kind of teach yeah. yourself, Oh, how much info do I need uh-huh. to give? You know, how much is actually crucial yeah. to this conversation? Yeah. Cause you don't want to be like, I'm from South mm-hmm. Dakota and that's it. Yeah. You know, like kind of yeah, on the same poor. thing before it's kind of be like, it's kind of nice to say I moved here recently, but I am from mm-hmm. technically from South Dakota. Now that gives yeah. just a little bit more to the person feels like they know you so much better. Whereas mm-hmm. just knowing where you reside at the moment, you know? So. Yeah, sure. But for I the mean, record, like, uh, I did turn my mic just a little bit. I don't know if it records the audio wave separately, it'll, but I noticed that my bars seem way lower than yours. That's more so. just to keep an eye on, like make sure your microphone is making noise. Gotcha, you can, you gotcha. know, make sure that there's some volume coming through there. But mm-hmm. um, I was, because there was a, there, there was a, uh, they kind of had a little, a little class beforehand on like, here's how you talk to potential employers. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like 90% of that stuff is just complete baloney. Like, okay, uh, people talk about like power poses or uh, freaking, um, you know, bio language where you're like, you cross your arms and that makes you towering above everybody. Right. And like, right. And we're like, Oh, if you cross your arms like this, it makes you seem like you're bored. But I'm like, this is my listening. This is my listening hand. I use this hand yeah, yeah. For, for speaking. He's just like, just keep your arms to the side like a robot. That'll right. make you look professional. And it's just like, I don't know. And that and like the elevator pitch. Am uh-huh. I, am I alone in thinking like the elevator pitch is the dumbest idea in the world? Like the whole I mean, idea if of you are in upstate New York trying to score big with businessmen, no. Uh, but in every other situation where you're trying to get a temporary job to get yourself through school, yeah, it's kind of a silly right. thing. You know, yeah. or if it's an actual interview, the elevator pitch isn't an issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's when you go on a show like If you're Shark in an Man, interview, you've, you've already got the interview, so you don't need exactly. the elevator. Exactly. The idea of like but the idea of like going into an elevator with somebody from a company and being like Hey, I'm this guy, and I do right, this, and right. I really want to get it up with your company, and that being like, you have 30 seconds to get their attention. It's just like you can't do it. You can't form a relationship in no. in, in freaking thirty, you know, 30 seconds. Like I get, I, I mean, get if the you're idea extremely likable. They might, you know, 
if you were just extremely talented with people and very likable, you yeah. might get them to kind of like you. But nowadays, uh, you know, taking a business partner on is mm -hmm. such a, you know, venture out from your safety of your own business. It's like, yeah. why would you do that for a stranger in an elevator, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah I don't no. know. I mean, I, I, mean, I know I well, will never need to use the elevator pitch thing, at least sure. I really yeah. doubt it. But, uh, but like I, so many of those ideas, it just seems like, you know, I mean, it's about like, um, you know, there, there are actual like techniques you could use like, Hey, uh, just, you know, don't get too wordy, pay attention to like their, their body language, see what they're trying to say and through like their mm. facial expressions, you know, how people actually express themselves, uh, right. you know, pay attention to them and treat them like human beings mm. instead of robots who are like, hello, robot, may I have one job, please? Yes, yes. You know, well, it's... and like the thing you were saying about the this being, you know, oh, I'm mm -hmm. bored, I'm bored. No, for me, it, like, as long as the person I'm talking to is somewhat maintaining eye contact mm -hmm. and like, you can tell when someone's listening, you know, you can tell when they're bored and when they're listening, you can see it in their face because you're not looking at their body while you're talking to them. You know, maybe the person right. across the way might be thinking that, but I mean, mm -hmm. as long as you're, you know, that's the tricky thing is like maintaining eye contact. You want to do it. I've found that what you do is you look them in the face for a little bit and then you almost like tilt away just a bit. So you're looking towards them, but not in their eyes because direct eye contact nonstop is really uncomfortable for both parties after 30 seconds. And so I've found that you got to have just a little bit of like that almost a bounce back to and from their eyes every so often just to keep, you know, it moving. And especially if they talk a long while that and, you know, give a little yeah or mm -hmm, or gotcha every so often just to make it obvious right. you're actually taking in what they're saying. And, you know, the third most important thing is to actually listen, because if you are listening, it's pretty obvious because you're actually retaining yeah. info. Yeah. You know? But yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because I've, I've heard many people be like, you got to hold this type of body language and look just like this and say mm -hmm. these specific things. And I'm like, no, just just don't don't focus on all those things to the point that you're worrying about those and you're not listening to them at all. You might look exactly like you're listening to them, but then you're all you're so worried and caught up on all the things you're trying to do right. You're not paying attention to them. And then it defeated the whole purpose of looking like you're listening because just listening would have been sure. better. But yeah. That's my take. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of that where it's just like, especially like on the internet, like every now and then I'll get in like a big productivity kick and I'll be like, I'm going to check out all these productivity gurus and they give you all kinds of advice on how to be maximum yeah. productive. And uh, the reality is, it's just like, there's some things that can help you tie you through like a period where you don't quite know how to operate. But for the most part, you just, you just got to figure out how to be a human, you know? I'm just trying to operate right. as right. a human should. Uh -huh. Not not uh -huh. have all this, you know, I don't need maximum productivity. I don't need to magically win over people with Maxwell Goodwall or whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> I was thinking about that today because, like, I, I was remembering how, like, some people would, like, you know, if they had a criticism, they would do that technique of, like, sandwiching compliments. And to me, that's always been just so obvious that it's, like, it, it seems to me, yeah. to me, where it's just, like, Look, yeah, I like I get what you're I trying. Like it less, I get, you know, I get you're trying to to soften the blow, but the reality is, I see right through what you're doing, and mm. I'd rather you just came mm. out and told me what I was doing wrong, rather than try to, you know, right. make me try to build. And up then my you ego end up in that same. 
Right. And then you end up in that same predicament where you're so worried about doing this special sandwiching that you come across as completely fake. And by coming across as fake, you seem disingenuine and like the compliments mean nothing. And that all you cared about was the insult. You you may as well have just come out with the insult and just seemed kind and caring, you know? If someone, or not an insult, maybe like criticism, I should say, not an insult. Mm -hmm. Insults are never caring. Um, But yes, the criticism, you know, you give that criticism and, you know, you, you should just give it in a genuine way because pushing in fake compliments is like you said, it's painfully obvious. And the people who do that successfully are the people who actually care. If it's like, let's say my supervisor, who's really good. I can tell he, you know, he cares about all of us guys and he knows how tough the job is. And he always, you know, has our back if he can, you know, I mean, there's time right. he probably doesn't, but when he can, he will. Um, yeah. And so he, he might have something he's got to say that we're doing wrong, but he'll just give it to me straight and say, this is what it is. But then he'll come cut back to saying, but I mean, don't worry too much about it because one, this happens to everybody. And two, you know, right. it's just yeah. a learning thing that everybody's going to go through mm-hmm. to figure yeah. out the craziness of the job. So, you know, and I'm like, I like that a whole lot better than the, hey, you're doing a really good job. And I really like you and your, your productivity is great. <laughs> um, but everything else you've been doing is terrible so far this week. Right. It's like, well, yeah. just, just start with that. Let's just, let's just yeah. con- confront the problem. Yeah. Talk about what we can yeah. do to fix it. And then if you want to try to build me back up afterwards, cool. Let's do that. Right. But yeah, the yeah. whole before and after compliment thing. Oh, what I, what I also hate is when like, maybe you've got other workers around you and the supervisor is telling everybody the things they need to fix. And after he tells each Mm -hmm. person the thing they need to fix, he gives a compliment to each worker. Yeah. It's like he gives a compliment to one worker and then he has to go around to the others too. And you're just like, okay, so the one for me mean nothing because none of these feel genuine anymore because you're like, you guys did great. Oh, oh, you guys did too. Oh, yeah. Jeff, you did, that you standard did that operating yeah. procedure, you know, where they're just like, right. you know, I got to do this thing for every single thing, you know? Yes. Yes. Where... You find it in churches and factories everywhere. Yeah. That it always seems like it's, it's people use that who are trying to like gain some kind of power of people or like control people or, or just playing, get people to like them more, you know, it's, <clears throat> you know, you know, you, you, I don't feel like you see those kind of techniques from people who genuinely care. And maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, it's hard to judge like genuinely care. It just it feels like mm. a lot of people in positions that use those kind of techniques are just using them as an easy way to, uh, you know, get it to seem like they're they're the nice sure. guy. You know, they're the caring right. dude. Mm. Yeah. That's a uh, yeah. I don't I don't know. It's 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 another thing which I feel like is kind of exploded over the internet you know similar to the uh similar to the alpha male people being like here's what you gotta do to be a real man it's just like when you think about it it makes sense on the note of those uh the alpha male people alpha male people who are boosted up it's it's so many people are struggling with depression and all kinds of things that make them feel so worthless it's i can completely understand why so many men are hungry for somebody either like andrew tate jordan peterson anybody like that you know they might have things that some people consider problematic but you can't argue that uh, the men are in a pretty crappy state on average you know you you look at the depression rate you look at the fact that you know we've become almost weaker than ever before we you know porn is a huge thing i just i feel like a large a large part of that has got to be like just that the mental health for men has been really bad for a long mm. time you know i mean mm-hmm. you look at the way like you know uh ptsd was how how it was completely ignored 
before like World War Two. People yeah. who went to like wars before then, they definitely had PTSD, but it was oh, yeah. almost largely ignored. They were encouraged to like mm-hmm. not talk about that, you know. Right. Whereas, whereas, whereas now, I think also part of it is like there's a lot of that kind of like because the internet it it makes it harder to like find yourself as a person because you have a lot more options, you know. Because in the well, old you see days, a lot of fake people who seem successful and happy, right? And you're like, oh, look how good they've got it. Why can't I yeah. have that? You know, right? But also, there's yeah. the aspect of like, you know, if you, if you're raised in a community, you see the people around you. That's your identity. You go on the if you now that you have the internet, you go on the internet, you see a thousand different different people who you can kind of like, oh, oh, I kind of want to be like that person, or I want to be like this person, and so you have this like weird clash of identities. You know? right right but you know and i think my main problem with it is just like i feel like i feel like young people don't get like any kind of like education regarding like how to you know how to tell us something's legit how to like actually yeah. you know test test something's weight and i like i don't i don't think like 100 percent of the time you need to like necessarily delve into everything you know sometimes it's nice to try on different hats in between stuff you know yeah maybe you want to be a sonic fan for a while and think that sonic adventure is good that's yeah yeah and i mean even there's a natural part of that that's that's good for you too because that's how you find yourself because like when you when you meet new friends a lot of times even as an adult you might meet a new friend and decide Mm -hmm. without realizing it that you start dressing and acting more like that person because you know that obviously to you someone else is going to seem a lot more cool than you are and you know you obviously want to seem somewhat cool because that's what makes you attractive to other people that you could potentially meet or other friends that you want to keep you know and have good relationships with and so i feel like there's a natural part of that that you know you kind of will mimic people around you that you admire and look up to and when we when we do that to each other and almost build off of each other if you will i feel like that can lead you to finding your true self but when like I said, when, when, you know, these people on Instagram, they, they post their perfect looking lives, you know, and all these, all these girls are on their hours a day looking at all these other women who are in fantastic shape, seem like they have money, a nice car, a nice house, a, you know, great relationship and everything's mm-hmm. just perfect for them. All they see is the good side of everything. And, and that, that's the problem is you never get to see the negative side. And so you, you want to become this person where everything's perfect without realizing that, no, that, that person's got all kinds of problems too. It's really hard to realize that because everything looks so happy and wonderful, you know, and I think that's partially p- probably why so many people uh, uh, want that uh, pine for that success and that, you know, mm-hmm. being seen by everybody, that fame, if you will, you know, because they almost feel like if they can get there and they can get, you know, and then it's the whole thing of if I can have, you know, a whole bunch of money and finances are no longer an issue then I'd be happy. Well, if I can then, you know, get a good relationship, then I'll be happy too. And it's just, you know, you, you start, I feel like then you instead start chasing happiness and that's, that's a path that never leads to happiness because you never find it really? like that. I think, I don't know. Cause there's like, there's legitimately an issue of like, you know, cause I know that like I, among other people have an issue where like my brain doesn't like to produce the happy chemical, you know, some yeah, people yeah. can like, some people operate, and I'm like, how do you operate so well? I want to be you. Uh-huh. And then, like, but then my brain is just like, you know, this coffee drink just doesn't give us the right dopamine anymore. We're going to be sad again, you know? 
for it. Hey, this this here doesn't give us the same the same amount of dopamine that we wanted before. We need something mm. else now, you know. And it's um, right. I don't remember what point I was going with that, but uh, I get what you mean though. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 be- it, it, that that's what makes the mental health discussion so tough is because it's so vastly different for everybody. I mean, right, yeah. you want to talk about something that's a huge comparison to that is look how hard it was to have discussions about COVID because COVID was so different for everybody. You'd have this right, group of people yeah. over here that they'd get it. It felt like the common cold or less, mm-hmm. and yet they've been told to be scared and you know mask up, vaccinate, and all this. Yeah. And then you have this other group where it hit them so hard, they lost a parent, they lost a grandparent, they lost, you know, somebody who was in great health, you know, maybe in great health and young. And so you can't have these two groups come talk to each other and come to an agreement because they didn't have the same situation. Well, yeah, you got one guy, it's just like, I had, it was no big deal. It's like, dude, my grandma died, you know, it's, it's exactly, exactly. And so it it makes it a really touchy thing because then the people who Mm -hmm. are saying, Hey, let's not worry about it. Woohoo then they're either going to be more set in their ways or feel really bad, but still wanting to tout their idea of, oh, just right. you know, be free and keep living. And yet the, the, the group that had a bunch of loss is going to will that no one else has to experience that and say, well, if the quarantining helps do that, please, because I hate mm. to see, you know, you don't you don't want to see someone else burn. You know, you hate to see someone else's yeah. life crash and burn like right. that. And so in the same way with mental health, it's tough because you have so many people whose brains run and it, it, they just do just fine. You know, they feel mm-hmm. great with life, I guess, and they do they do fine. And then you have other people who truly are, you know, clinically depressed. And and it's a tough thing because there's is really no actual cure for it because you can't just fix your brain and make it start working. No, yeah. Um, but you also it's it's like any other thing. It's. I, I heard a, a therapist talking about it and depression and anxiety are almost akin to habits more than a uh, clinical issue right? because it's something that you you trigger automatically without realizing at any time a specific mm-hmm. something happens. So when you go yeah. through, let's say with ang- anxiety or depression, when you go through a specific life event, anything that reminds you of that will trigger that, you know, anything like let's, let's say for instance, you, you, are feeling really bad one morning, something crappy happened or you had a terrible day at work and you, 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 you slip off your boots and you go upstairs and you, you set a glass into the sink. Well, every time you set that glass into the sink or put on and off those boots, it might actually trigger that in your brain mm-hmm. telling you, Hey, you're depressed or anxious now. Yeah. And it gets to the point where you're just like, why do I feel this? I don't have a mm-hmm. reason to, but your brain right. associates these things and puts them together and says, Oh, now it's time to feel this. And so it almost becomes a habit that you have to try to watch for. And what this guy was saying is he has the best luck, you know, helping people get over their depression or anxiety by basically uh, confronting what it is. that seems to be these triggers that seems to lead to it. And, basically helping them work through them and have a better understanding of why it's a trigger and how to deal with it and not have it trigger that anymore. Because the problem is those triggers are always going to exist. Unfortunately, you know, you wish you could just get rid of all of them, but these things that make, you know, life difficult are just going to be here. And so the best case scenario is, well, how do I live through it and come out on top? You know, I I think that's why, like for people with like anxiety and depression, that, it works like therapy works so well because it's forcing them to break those habits. It's changing the way that they think about the things. And so it changes the way they approach things. And slowly they're able to build new mental habits 
regarding right. like, their mindset around mm-hmm. you know their everyday lives i think that's exactly. why it's become like you know it's become like a popular thing it was like you know now everybody's in in therapy because i mean mm. i think i think a lot of people i think i'm not gonna say a hundred percent but i'm gonna be like yeah i don't know upwards of 90 percent of people could benefit from therapy you know i oh, mean I'm i sure. don't i don't i don't know like necessarily i know issues of course with it the cost being so high mm. you know but uh at the same time uh, i feel like i feel like a lot of people tend to ignore their feelings and it's it i don't think it's healthy like i don't think in the long run right. it's healthy like I, I admire the people that can just be happy with no thought about like their feelings but mm-hmm. uh, i feel like in the long run it's gonna make uh, relationships more difficult which is why this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, <laughs> go online and chat yeah. with somebody who may or may not be a licensed therapist. I don't know. <laughs> that was there was, a, licensed therapist. there was a, a while back. There was yeah, there was this thing a while back where like people claimed that like BetterHelp wasn't necessarily licensed therapist or like they didn't have. No. I don't think they have a great like a privacy. Uh, terms of service thingy regarding that, you know, but I don't, I don't know that much about it, you know, because like, it's then it's, again, it's, TikTok's it's uh, terms of service and privacy are horrendous, and people don't bat yeah. an eye at that. Right. I mean, I, well, you can actually like if you have TikTok is... on your phone, they can monitor anything else mm-hmm. on your Wi-Fi stream essentially. So, like for instance, if you got right. TikTok on your phone, they can monitor your computer because it's connected in the same right. location as your phone, and you're just like, okay, how how is that okay? You can jump over to yeah, home well, on the device. That's the thing, right? It's like it's it's next to impossible to like regulate anything, any like any tech company outside of the US or the or the UK. Mm. The UK has a little bit more strict standards on that stuff. But you they get out have of, an option whether or not you get out of these track. countries and all, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, like Facebook, Facebook tracks the heck out of you, but uh yeah. at least now they're transparent about it. You know? Right, yeah, they just admit yeah. it, which is funny, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, and uh, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like everybody funny, knows you know? it, but like, I mean, I certainly don't like. I don't, I don't lose a lot of sleep over it just because I don't, I don't feel like there's a lot there to see. You know, it's like eh, if you think you can make a few bucks advertising to me, you're right. I will definitely buy those shirts, Facebook. You are right. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, I've given into <laughs> that before. <laughs> Uh, but but like at the same time it's just like i don't i there are there are a lot worse things being done by facebook you know it's it's hard for me to choose my battles you know oh absolutely and that's the thing you know there's so many horrendous things going on these days you're just like yeah whatever you're using our information to track us and sell make us buy stuff and sell the data to these corporations if that's all they're doing you know what i hardly even care I think it's a breach yeah. of my privacy, but I care very little. My only concern right. is if you'd be using it for more than that, you know, if yeah. other countries are using it for any reasons mm. that they might want the info yeah. of the average American sure. person. And I mean, I have no idea why they would want that, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, any, it's hard any, to say, dude. I don't know. Screwy business, know. a, a country, <laughs> you know, uh, performs is you know usually based off of data from the beginning and so it would make sense right. if they'd want that but i'm not going to worry too much about it because you really can't escape it you know 
And so, yeah, that like and you like, said, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pick my battles on it. Yeah. I'm gonna focus more on my feelings and less on Facebook. There you go. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt, Facebook. Yeah. Advertising on my Facebook wall that way. Ignore Facebook, focus on feelings. <laughs> I try not to do that too much. Like, you know, isn't that isn't that kind of an interesting? It's like it's like a fine line between because because I agree with what you were saying. People don't really acknowledge their feelings to the point where they need to understand what they're feeling and what the feelings are, you know, cause sometimes it's, it's telling you, you need something. And if it is, you should, right. you should listen to it. You know, if you need more rest and you're mm -hmm. not giving yourself it, you're going to feel tired. That feeling is important. You know, if you get an right. uneasy feeling from the guy that steps in the elevator with you, maybe you should clutch your purse a little tighter. You know, that, that may not yeah. be because you're just a rude person. That be, you know, that's instinct that has helped keep us alive as a species for many years. So, you right. know, that's, that's important. Feelings are important, but like at the same time, I I think people need to be able to acknowledge them without also having those feelings also control everything about them. Because sometimes you've got to be able to rise above them, but you still have to be able to acknowledge them. Does that, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I, well, I think that's I think that's my biggest problem with the people who want to push the oh all about feelings. You know, pay, listen to all your feelings and stuff, and talk about them and everything. And then you have on the other end the people who are like just you know push it down, push it down. You know, I'm just yeah. like, can we get a fine line between where, hey, right now I've got something in life that's really more important than my feelings and I should focus on this, but I should also pay attention to my feelings and understand them. I shouldn't let them drive my decisions. I should be right. stronger than them and I shouldn't let them dictate everything I do, but I should also mm -hmm. acknowledge them to keep a healthy mindset, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between acknowledging your feelings and being a slave to them. Right, I exactly. Think, I think exactly. most people, like in the uh, mental health industry, know that. You know, they understand that. It's again, it's very difficult because you're a lot of what you're seeing when it comes to mm. extremes. It's almost always like young kids, either you know, in their late teens or their early twenties, who are still kind of trying to find their identities. Right. And you always go to an extreme whenever you, whenever, mm -hmm. whenever you're starting to figure out yourself. You know, and you're figuring out stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, but. it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I think with the exception of like, really like, I guess, uh, biased groups, you can call them. Cause you, there are a lot of biased groups when it comes to like the older generations that stick to like ideas, which aren't really, aren't really great. But it seems like when you see these yeah. kind of extremes in younger groups, it's more common that it's just like, oh, they're going to, probably stick with that but they're gonna mellow out with age or they're gonna you right. know they're gonna right. come back out somewhere to somewhere to a medium uh, somewhere to a center uh, you almost always do yeah yeah but so and as much as i dislike a lot of some of the things he or almost everything he says about women i did like that andrew tate would address men's health and getting help and listening to your feelings rather than shoving them down because he was, he, he acknowledged that that's a problem I mean, and men shouldn't do that because he, we're he's told to deal with those. Yeah. He was he's good with those that. type of things. Right. Well, but I don't, he's a, I don't, I have a really hard time wanting him to get any credit. See, with someone like, with someone like a Jordan Peterson, I, I tend to be, I, I try to focus only on his ideas because I think that legitimately he is a troubled person who should not 
who should not be in a position of leadership over people because clearly he has his own problems he's dealing with. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think he's a mentally healthy person, but I don't think he's necessarily a bad person. I just think he has issues. Right. Or like with a uh, person like Joe Rogan. I, I like a lot of the stuff he's done in the past. And every now and then something he continues to do, you know? Like, mm. I was listening to, like, an episode from, like, eight years ago he did with uh, Cara Santa Maria, who is one of the, uh, one of the, she's a uh, neurobiologist, I believe. Mm. Or, in, or either that or she's a, uh, I believe she started as a neurobiologist and she's getting her uh, PhD. She's a therapist in training. But uh, anyway, she's on the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, but she was on his episode and it was really interesting because it wasn't like he was like, you know, agreeing with everything he said. It was just, it was interesting to hear a skeptical voice on a podcast like the Joe Rogan Experience, mm. which, you know, before has like, which has, you know, continued to be very open to having like more fringe uh, 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 conspiracy theorist type people on it right. pretty regularly. Like one of the but only major just, podcasts. It's weird to me hearing Alex yeah. Jones on there, you know? Right, right, yeah. He and Eddie Bravo. Five different times. But, um, I don't know. When it comes to that, I think that I can give Joe Rogan credit. But when it comes to someone like Andrew Tate, I have a really hard time just because of the manner in which he, the manner in which he, he, he talked about women and, and, uh, his attitudes towards women. It's just like, because I don't, I feel like that, that causes real harm in the world, you know? Like, right. yeah, this kind of rape apologist kind of person being like, you don't understand. They were asking for it, you know, like, oh, no, right. man, that's your place. Right. It's like, and I just, I don't, I have a hard time, like, laughing at the memes or, like, hey, because to me, it's like, it seems like there are people who took this guy seriously. Well, and I don't, here's the danger of I it. I don't think that's there's... a good sign. Yeah, and I initially agreed with you, and I hated the guy. And I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm judging this guy based off of 30-second clips I'm seeing here and there. And I thought the guy was just a stuck-up prick, and I thought he was just annoying because all I really saw was I saw a couple videos where he was, yeah, talking about how he treats women, how, oh, they were asking for it. Oh, they, you know, talking about how he'll borderline abuse them and stuff, about how he'd hit his girlfriend and this, that, and the other. You know, you've probably seen those, haven't you? Um, a few of them, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I decided I'm going to actually see if I can find a long clip of like everything, like the whole, like a whole discussion that he's had, like see the whole thing instead of these bits and pieces. And then you realize these bits and pieces are taken out because of the entertaining bits. And these are jokes. These are references to something else. He's told stories from somebody else. Maybe it's from a perspective of somebody else. And like he was telling something from the perspective of a um, person who has committed crimes as a felon but doesn't want to go to jail. And he was jokingly saying, well, my, my lawyer's like, yeah, we'll shave this man's head. He's new Andrew Tate. He goes instead of you to jail. Um, and I don't agree with everything he says. I disagree with a lot of it. But l listening to the guy actually give his full opinion on stuff and talk about how he really is upset that his clips have been taken out of context because the things he was saying he didn't mean. And his girlfriend even came out and he was like, here's a video that she recorded. I asked her to give a brief rundown of our relationship and her side of it because I wanted her to be open and honest. And she was like, I, I'm going to be honest. I like the aggressive kink thing. That's, that's like what gets me going. And so I'd ask him to do that. I'd ask him to be aggressive and show that aggressiveness because that, that was the thing we did. She was like, I didn't think that video was going to go anywhere. And trust me, he's not an aggressive guy. And Andrew 
mentioned later that he's his brother. He's he's got a niece. Um, and he was like, I don't want her growing up in a world where men have any power over women. I want it to be an equal playing field because I love my niece and I wish the best for her. And I was like, well, you know, I can at least appreciate that he's it, I, I can't give the rundown for everything he said. But long story short, a lot of those clips are not his actual, you know, opinions. It might be jokes that were going too far. And the problem is he carries himself in the same way Donald Trump did. He's got that boisterous, loud, unapologetic behavior that just screams like he's an egotistical maniac. And it's hard to take somebody serious like that if you can't get past all that and actually try to understand what they're trying to say when they're saying things in a genuine spirit. Because there's so much goofball stuff you got to filter through, if, if that makes sense. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And like... I, I, I understand like and I appreciate like the idea of like trying to trying to look for the nuance and stuff like that. But again, it's just like if somebody's if somebody's making those kind of jokes and making light of that kind of stuff, even if it is just a joke, it's like I don't I don't I don't like I don't know, I guess I'm hesitant to give that kind of person any kind of platform in the same way that I'm I'm hesitant to mention certain politicians by name because I don't want to give them more more of a platform than they already get by everybody angrily quote retweeting them you know i get that it's i like, get that I, I don't want to so specify that i don't this kind of anger angry right. reactions to angry people saying bad things you know mm. yeah and i want to specify don't support the guy and that's that's not what i'm saying i i mean i don't know him well enough to support him one way or another i've seen i watched a one-hour video of him giving his rundown on everything his essentially as he called it his final message and I mean, he's he's very full of himself, and I can I can definitely see that. But he's accomplished a lot, and he's a really impressive fighter, and that's certainly true, you know. So in his areas of expertise, I think he's good. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that men are so desperate for somebody to kind of encourage them to just be men, I think it wouldn't be he wouldn't have been such a popular figure, you know. And somebody like him, they would have been why, like, well, why does that? Me. Yeah, why does that have to be like the definition of being men? Like what? Why is it that it's like, oh, we're just being men by being aggressive and everything? Like, I, I guess I have a, I have a hard time understanding that. Like, why does that? Why is that our definition of like what it means to be a man? Why can't it like you know, why can't it be like chill around a fireplace reading a book? You know, why is that considered like a feminine trait? You know, I I don't know. I guess I don't I, guess, I don't like the um. The idea of that is just like we're just being men. I don't feel like that's a great excuse. If that makes sense, right? Well, I, no, I, I I get that, and I mean, no, I don't agree with that either. If that's if that's sure. something anyone or he has said, I disagree with that because no, you, you shouldn't be like, oh, I'm a man, so I'm going to be aggressive. Men have at least I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but for me, I have a lot of aggression. It's not aggression towards anybody. It's just this almost high strung like bullheaded behavior. I mean, I, I suppose some might call it the alpha male thing. I've heard some people say that doesn't exist. So I don't know what it is, but I have the, almost this high strung uh, desire to fight for something. And so what I have to do with that is I have to apply it to something that's constructive because I could either be destructive to relationships. I could be destructive to myself. I could be you know, destructive towards something that's important to me, or I can put it towards something, that aggression almost, that energy into something good. As in, that's why when I was younger, I'd lift weights. 
that burnt off a lot of that steam that helped me feel more mellow, that helped me feel like I'm using my strength for something because I feel like I wanted to be strong and I needed to use it for something. Some people might mm-hmm. say that's a toxic male trait, but I that's what I needed. You know, yeah. I needed to exercise. I needed to feel like I was accomplishing something and using my strength for something worthwhile. And now I use that strength to work. And some days I work way more hours than I want. And that strain that the job puts on me gives me a sense of purpose because I know that I've dealt with something harder than this and I can do it again, you know? So that's the mindset I have in it. And I think that's the mindset we should take from the message of, you know, use that aggression for something good. You Mm -hmm. know, if you have it, use it. If you don't have aggression, that's great. We need artsy type of people too. I mean, look at our YouTube channel we made, Vinny. Who was the one yeah. writing the genius scripts, doing the brilliant editing, <laughs> and who was the guy who was bouncing yeah. off the walls that everybody liked, <laughs> but I basically accomplished nothing but filling in a high-energy position or character. That's all I can do. I am so you know, like high-strung, if you will, that I, I can't sit down and write a script because I'm just like, ah, mm. I, I don't want to because unless I excel yeah. at it completely, I just mm-hmm. look at it compared to what you write. And it disgusts sure. me because your scripts are so much better. I'm just like, I, I would rather he write my script and I just read it and give him the credit for that. You know, that's what I'd prefer, sure. you know? Yeah. So, so I, I find that really interesting, like all that, because like, A, I've never like, I, no, I'm not going to say never because there's certainly been like, you know, um, it's like, oh, I have, you know, angry feelings, but like, I guess I never thought of that as like, being like a part of like my uh part of part of my masculinity by any means because mm. it's always been like a uh if i'm if i'm in an angry mood then uh you know usually usually the way i get out out is by listening to eminem you know yeah um but like i i, I wonder like i do i kind of wonder if like because a lot of what you're describing is high energy which is a normal human right. trait you know to yeah. be to, especially when you're young to have a lot of energy, especially and, and found in teenage boys, who have that aggressive, high-strung behavior. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think and it I, would have been I great think... because I like the I would have liked Andrew if he could have just stuck with what he originally did and just encouraged men to, if you're in terrible shape, try getting in shape. If you feel depressed, yeah. try making something of yourself that can make you feel worthwhile. You know, go seek. You know, right. go go get help. Go see a therapist or psychiatrist or psychologist. Those are important, but, you know, build yourself up in some way that can make it easier for you to like yourself. Because that's really the thing. If you despise yourself, you know, you must not have any reason to like yourself, in which case a good way to fix that is maybe try to make something of yourself that you can admire, you know. Um, So if he could have just done that, I think that would have been great. But, of course, that's the thing. He's also a womanizer. He absolutely is. Yeah. And also there's an aspect. Yeah. There's an aspect where it's just like, because he's over the top, that's why he became popular. Somebody who was Andrew Tate, but humble, and was like, hey, I just, I love doing, I love going out and chopping wood. This is what I love doing is being on these man things. I like, I like fighting and stuff and being aggressive. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's how I I express myself. I love it so much. But, you know, that's just me. This is what I do. You know, that's why, like, I compare, like, Carl Sagan, the original host of Cosmos, to like Neil deGrasse Tyson, this current oh, Carl Sagan was so much better. It's like, 
Carl Sagan had this calm energy. He was excited about science. He loved Uh explaining science. Whereas Neil deGrasse Tyson was just like, the earth is not fucking flat. You know, you know, Carl Sagan wouldn't do, I mean, I, 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 maybe, maybe that's not a bad thing to be like that. But to me, it's just like, I see something that Carl Sagan is just like, that guy could reach people. You know, he could like, he would tell the story in his book, uh, Demon Haunted World. In the beginning of it, he talked about, getting in a taxi with a guy who recognized him and wanted to ask him all these science questions. And his questions were all about like, so is it true that there's like Atlantis, people have found Atlantis in the bottom of the ocean. Is it true that there are UFOs? And Carl Sagan has said he felt really bad having to tell the guy that these things weren't true and there was no evidence for them because the guy was excited Uh about science, but the science he was excited about was completely fake, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, he said he watched the guy's like enthusiasm disappear. Oh no! You know, which he said, he said it sucks because like science itself is so exciting, you know. Right. And I feel like I feel like a lot of like you know both uh, both uh, Carl Sagan and like Bill Nye have that like excitement about teaching mm. science. Right. And they're both really patient about the way they go about it, whereas Neil deGrasse Tyson tends to be very very macho about. It. He's the macho science man, you know. Yes, which which hurts him a lot. I mean, I don't know if you've seen him on Joe Rogan, but I mean, the amount of <laughs> yeah, time he's yeah. interrupted that guy. I mean, Joe will be talking. And he's just like, oh, and by the way, I have something I need to tell you right now. You shut yeah. up, Joe. And it's just like, come on, man. It, you know, you, yeah, it's it, the entire it, it audience, makes him come across as has he like it, he hasn't like exactly the entire audience was fixing to listen to you and hear exactly what you say and take you seriously. And now they just can't get past the fact that yeah. they're frustrated with yeah. you because they like the host. And if they don't know you, but they know Joe Rogan well enough to listen to his show every day, you know, that's, that's yeah, not a great yeah. way to get your foot in the door. It has, he has the same issues that I have with Ken Ham and that it's almost this desire for gotcha situations where it's like, ha, right, gotcha. Yeah. Ooh, take that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, there's a, I mean, and I'm there's like, a lot of Especially that with Ken like Ham, yeah. I can, I can accept Have you seen it. like Kent Hovind stuff? Uh-uh. You have? Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't bother, but he's like ken ham squared he mm. likes to do videos where he goes to atheists and he's like you're brainwashed you're brainwashed you know right. he has like a little right. spongebob he's just like and- i'm gonna hit you in the head with my hammer because i'm doing this through love through christ but i'm i want to get you well and uh, it instills anger and a frustration because mm-hmm. they feel like you're just calling him stupid and that is not the way right. you know it's no it's, you're not you're not like, gonna if i talk to you about things that i believe as science and you know i lean towards the young earth thing i don't have you know i'm not completely set in the ways of it because i listen to a lot of catholic people who believe the earth is millions of years old and you know i can i can really accept all of that because at the end of the day i'm a christian and what's supposed to be the most important to me is showing the love of christ and how am i going to do that if i'm telling somebody that they're idiotic and brainwashed because they don't agree with every little thing i have to say and my biggest problem with it kind of hit me because i was listening while i was working to a uh discussion Bill Nye and Ken Ham had walking through the Ark Encounter, basically. And, and Ken Ham was constantly just trying to be like, what do you think about this? Huh? What do you think about that and stuff? And it's just like, you know, you're not going to make him be like, oh, oh, you're, yeah. you're so dang right. Oh, my. Oh, what was I thinking? I, yeah. You're right. Well, that, it, you like, know, yeah. This all happened. That, you're like, yeah. right. No, you're not going to reach somebody that <laughs> way. Yeah. You know, it's and and the fact that you have to push it so hard just makes it seem like you believe it less yourself, and like right. you're trying to make somebody else believe it because you're barely holding on to the existence of it yourself. You know, 
it's it's a, it's I don't know. I just find that problematic, and the fact that right. Ken Ham will turn on his own kind if they happen to not fall in line exactly the same. Yeah. I have the same like you see the Phil Vischer thing. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> He did I, the same thing with Phil Vischer. It's like similar thing that happened with uh, uh what's that guy's name from Daily Wire? Matt Walsh. Was uh, it Matt, Matt Walsh? Walsh. Was with? Matt Walsh. Mm. Matt Walsh. Your balls. <laughs> Um, but uh yeah where matt you know matt walsh is just like it's like no i, I don't believe younger face and there's this whole ordeal there's actually a great video from apologia um where he set up like the reaction to the reaction to the reaction he split it together as if it was a debate and he was like yeah. playing the part as a moderator um but uh funny. yeah it was that was it was that was a good video because it kind of summarized the whole sides right and uh i'm kind of i'm kind of on the side just like I, see, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't like going against people's like sincerely held beliefs that much, you know. Like, right. I there, I, I need this kind of certain because there's, whenever somebody says things, something that I like feels wrong, there is this kind of gut thing where I'm just like, you know, right. it doesn't sit well with me. And I think, I think I get that from mom because if like somebody says something that feels wrong, it's very difficult for me to not say anything. Right. But right. most of the time, I don't because I know it's not going to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And B, if it's like a, uh, if it's a sincerely held like religious belief, it's like, well, what am I, what am I going to say against that? You know. Mm. You know. But I think the issue with like younger creation stuff is it's it's really easy to see why they're wrong, like it's it's really easy like when you learn past a like grade school level of science you know then you could debunk most of these things they have or problems they have you know so if they're presenting like problems with evolution it's just like no you guys are you guys are misrepresenting it that's why these problems exist in the first place is because you're you're not understanding it right and you guys half of you have phds you should know better you should shame right your arguments are bad and you should feel bad you know so that's why i have a hard time because if someone's just like you know oh i believe that the buddha sat under the tree for 40 days and then he achieved enlightenment i'm i'm in internally i'm like well that doesn't make a lot of sense because you know how how could he know he'd reach enlightenment if he was the Mm. first one you know what how did he know he's going to be reincarnated only seven times why not six you know Right. And you know this was his last reincarnation. You know, all this stuff is just like, you know, there was this great, uh, Carl Sagan had a conversation with the Dalai Lama. And he was just like, he was talking to him, it's just like, so if, if science disproves something in uh, Buddhism, does that mean Buddhism changes? And Dalai Lama was like, yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't go against science. You know, we're pretty flexible. And he's just like, so like, if, what if science disproved uh, like reincarnation? And he's like, yeah, we'd uh, change our doctrine. But Good luck disproving that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, because yeah, it's, and so it's just like part of me is just like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get in the way of somebody's religious beliefs, but at the same time, if those religious beliefs are bad, where do I draw the line? You know, if you right. believe that because right. of your religion, you know, if you're like Islam, where it's just like women are second class citizens according to like the um, whatever their base rules basis are, you know, uh-huh. um. If if you if you believe like that, it's just like well, you know, I feel like I gotta draw a line here, you know. It's like you know, mm-hmm. if your religion says you know you have to encroach upon other people's rights, it's like well, then we got a problem. But you know, th- then you've got the issue. Where it's just like well, what if all your religion is doing 
is teaching something something which is scientifically inaccurate. And it's just like, well, do I do I say anything? Do I do anything? Do I do I tell you you can't teach this in schools? Is that cool? Or do I say you got to put an asterisk next to it when you mention it? You know, because mm-hmm. it'd be easy for me to say, well, it's just this fringe group. Nobody thinks like that. But that's just not that's just not the reality. You know, right? It's like something like on the on ends of like this may be this is an old statistic. This is an old statistic, so it's probably not accurate. But at one point, not long ago, 60% of people in America believe that, like, Noah's Ark is a literal story. And that, that, seems, that seems, like, wild to me that that many people see it as not just, like, an allegory or a story or something like that. You know, a story about a guy who had a boat and avoided a flood and then that turned into this other old legend, you know? Mm. Things that are so much more likely, that make so much more <clears throat> sense. You know, it's it's wild to me that like so many people think that, and so it's just like, well, it's not a, it's it's a problem that goes beyond just like, oh, that's that's just that's just that's just the Wigginsons. We can leave them alone, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I really like I really don't know like where to draw the line, but uh, at a certain point, it's just like, well, if if the if the entirety of science goes against your your religion, I'm sorry, but like you can keep your religion. But you can't tell us we can't teach schools in science just because just because yeah you know the majority of people in America don't understand science you know but well the funny thing about science is you can be used to prove almost anything that you really you know that that you've decided is pretty much full and final truth you can find all kinds of ways to make it seem like the flood totally happened and you can find all kinds of ways to try to disprove it you know. And right. I've seen people on both sides doing that. But at the end of the day, if we could prove that the flood happened or that the earth is young or any of that, what would that do to Christianity? It would destroy it. Christianity would be completely destroyed. And this is something that uh, around the time when uh, Charles Darwin was coming out and basically starting to preach his religion of evolution, Charles Spurgeon at the same time was preaching in London. And he basically told people, don't worry about it. You know, if you if you believe that over this, go to his church, go listen to his thing. But his teachings <clears throat> have very little effect. See, that's a on really weird way to word it, though. It's because like, Charles Darwin didn't have a church, you know, except that he was trying to be a bishop at one point. But like he wasn't like an atheist or anything. He was just a guy who had a scientific theory. Right, it right. happened but, to clash with some of like the established doctrines of some people in the church. His point know. was that if you know the the entire purpose of the Christian walk is to have faith in God, have faith in what His teachings are, and believe that what Jesus taught us while He was on Earth is what we should do. You know, there are going to be things in the Old Testament that are sketchy and questionable, but there are things that Christians have done that are sketchy and questionable. And that's going to exist everywhere. And that doesn't mean those were the correct people <clears throat> who are living perfect lives. The only way we can see an exact example of what we should live is what Jesus showed us. That is the only example we have as what we should be on earth because that was the only person who did it right, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was just saying that the entire purpose of it is to have faith. If we could prove that the earth was, you know, 
six to 10,000 years old, that the flood happened, that all this stuff in the Bible is completely true, there would be no need for faith because it would be proven true, and that would destroy Christianity, which is why I believe we will never be able to prove there is or isn't a God, that there is, was or wasn't a worldwide flood, or that there was or wasn't, you know, the Big Bang, and that the Earth is or isn't millions of years old, you know? So, because there's no way to actually come to you know, this point that you say, oh, here it is. This is exact proof that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can show, you know, you can't, you know. Yeah, but <clears throat> in science, there's this thing called, like, reasonable doubt. Because, again, when we're operating with theories, you know, it's not like scientific laws where it's just like, hey, you know, the law of gravity is that <laughs> things go down, you know, things, but, but then we understand more about gravity, and that's the theory of gravity, you know. Gravity exists as both the theory and the law because, you know, uh, we have like uh, Newton's original idea of gravity was just like, oh, well, there's a force in the earth that pulls things to it. And then you had Einstein come along and was just like, no, actually, it's, gravity is just space bending, you know, <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. and that it's so wild. But anyway, the point, the point is, it's just like at a certain point, a theory is accepted just because it's like been proven beyond reasonable doubt, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you, like, well, what do you think? Like, where do you think like to draw the line is if I'm science teacher, you know what I mean? If I'm <clears throat> Mr. Science man in a school and then the parents are just like, Hey, we don't want you teaching this. Get out of here with that. You know, do, is, do I say, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Right. Or, you know, right. Or do they have the right to actually tell me what I can and can't do in like a in a government funded institution? Well, <clears throat> you know, I think I think the one uh, there was there was a group recently or some parents who wanted a uh, Christian school to continue to be government funded, like the public schools, and people got upset about that because they were like, "Well, what if you want to make a, a, a school of Satan across the way? Should that be funded too?" And I'm like, "Oh, we already have that. It's called the public school," and so you know. They, <laughs> but at the same time, Christian school is strictly just the antithesis to what public school is, because public school teaches you that, you know, uh, Big Bang happened, Earth evolved, everything, you know, over 65 million years progressed to where we are now. But that inherently, right, that doesn't inherently have anything to do with religion necessarily. No. No, but yeah. if in a Christian school you want to teach what we find in the Bible, starting from Genesis, teaching everything in it, whether it be good or bad stories, you know, just exactly how it's written, that's that's what a Christian school usually would do, in which case that's going to clash with public school, but there are going to be many parents who would like their kids to be, you know, raised with that. And I don't see a good argument against it, because if you are raised to be a true Christian, to live an upright, good Christian walk, you're going to be a very good contributing member to society. You're going to be the type of person to create the MRI scanner. You're not going to be the type of person to be a horrendous, nasty person who up until the age of 80 or 90 years old just tries to make everyone around you miserable and votes for the crappiest candidates they possibly can to make life terrible for everybody. You know, that's not what it should be. <clears throat> but uh, the problem is there's going to be a lot of crappy Christians. I mean, it, just yeah, like I think everything. You know, yeah. they're going to be lousy people who are going to make an entire group look bad because you, you there have been bad experiences with people who claim to be in that group. But I mean, issue, I think, I think, I think my main issue, because I don't like, I, I, I disagree with like the idea of like secular being like, 
somehow opposite end, you know? I, I think, I, and I think, like, I think you can, and I would even argue it's important to teach the Bible in, like, public schools, you know? Because I think it's an important piece of culture which should be <clears throat> preserved, you know? It has been right. in our, it has been in our culture for, you know, as long as America's been around. I don't deny that it's had a lot of cultural significance. Right. I just disagree with the idea that you can, you can uh, use it to replace science class. I don't think that you should say, hey, because we have the Bible, we're going to teach that, and then we're going to teach that instead. Of, it's like, no, this Bible's about a completely different thing, you know, and I, many people would argue that even the people who wrote the Bible knew that it wasn't meant to be like a history book of day well, one, but no, more like I'm not an saying it should be the history book stuff. and the science book. I'm just, I'm just saying that if you, if you teach that everything evolved and there was no creator, yes, you've just went against what a Christian school would be. But if all you do is teach science as you've learned it, and even if you want to say that, you know, the earth is millions of years old, if you end up where basically the Catholic school is, which is where evolution was the way of everything, because that's usually what Catholics believe. And if that's what you teach, that is not against Christianity. Because at the end of the day, I would prefer that someone or let's say my child was raised up to love God and to honor God and themselves and everyone else around them and believe that the earth is way older than I might believe. And to be honest, I do not believe, like I wouldn't stake my life on the fact that the earth is 6,000 years old because you know what? It could be millions of years old. I don't know. But all I know is I'm getting a phone call. A phone I'm call? Time for that. Probably the wife. Oh, no. It is my wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that okay. sounds like a great time to move on to segments. Sorry to cut this engaging conversation off that's okay gentlemen. that's okay Maybe that we'll, was that was Maybe probably we'll pick it up everybody. On a, They're like, we should yeah. do like a we should do like a bonus stream sometime just like play game while we argue about stuff that would go great we should but, do uh, that the thing is though i i you exude so much energy <laughs> while not necessarily arguing but debating or reasoning my opinions of stuff i would either lose every game or i would you'd be like so joe why do you think the flood might have happened i'd be like <laughs> It was just the animals you got on the earth, and it was good. And you just get to be like, ha ha, creation is stupid. And I'm like, no, it's because I was losing in Splatoon. All right, well, we're going to move on. Yeah, we're going to move on to recommendations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where we recommend some stuff. And uh, while you find, I, I know I didn't give you much of a heads up on this, so I'm going to give my recommendations while you tally up yours. So my first recommendation oh, is, is this called... kind of what we did on the uh, That's Pretty Cool podcast when that was still going? Basically give like a, um, uh, a film or TV show? Yeah, I usually give three game. recommendations. So if you want to give three, that is... Uh, that is I think I've already got three, money. actually. Okay. Um, well, I'll, so. start with, I'll start with mine. First off is one of the best hip-hop albums I have heard for a long time. I keep listening to it over and over again because of how much I love it. It is uh, Temporary Forever by Bus Driver. It's like, this is like, <laughs> it's like the nerdy version of a rapper, I guess is the best description of it. But um, he's, he's got a few, like, my favorite tracks on there, surprisingly, are like the spoken word tracks. Because he's just got like a, a, a basic, like, walking baseline going on while he's like doing a uh, spoken word rap, I guess, in a way. So, uh, mm. yeah, I, I recommend that one. One of my 
<laughs> one of my favorite lines from it is like, Kids, if you really want to piss off your parents, show interest in the arts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what's uh, driving. I I've, I've really been enjoying that album. Um, how about also, I follow up that recommendation? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. With uh, ahead. with a hip hop album of my own, which actually was I was afraid you might reference because it's been one that I've been <laughs> loving lately, and also because I feel like none of your listeners want a recommendation of my power metal, so I will leave that <laughs> elsewhere along with my religion. I will put that under the rug. So anyway, uh, uh, Youngtown's new album, and that's spelled Y-U-N-G-T-O-W-N. So not exactly young, but you know. Anyway, so Youngtown, his new album, Nothing But Love. It's it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. He's, he's had some of the songs really basically good. put together and written before, um, but he's basically went through, changed up some of them, altered some of the choruses, altered the beats, and basically made them really, really good. You can tell it's a passion project that he spent years on because it took him a long time to produce it. Um, but it's it's really, really good. And had it been released in the 90s and his name had gotten around a little bit, I think he would have been up there with somebody like Vanilla Ice, Run DMC, all those people who were considered legends. Um, because it, it was great. It's just, and he's he's really good with his writing. I appreciate the fact that it actually flows. It feels like poetry, and there's just yeah. a lot of passion behind it. Which he's you got so many funny. great bars, dude. Yeah, so many yeah, great lines in there. That's the thing I noticed with him is that he's just such a good uh, writer. So you know, one of my, I think one of my favorite lines of him is, uh, "Realism, uh, interesting, isn't it? Realism is our best defense foundation, so we won't get disappointed or discontent." Yes, yes like, it flows so good, but it's like, also a great like line. Yes, yes. And of course, as a Christian, I appreciate his nods to Christianity that you pick up every so often. You're like, oh, it's Christian! And so. I'm like, curses! <laughs> now we got to go hang out with Satan to, to clean out my system. You got to go hang out with Richard Dawkins in the hot tub and open up that God-shaped hole in your heart all yeah. over again. So anyway, <laughs> what you got? Richard, <laughs> okay. Um, on Netflix, second second season of uh, Bee and Puppycat. It's a show which is like, it's very, I guess, psychedelic is a great way to kind of describe it. But it's 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 um the kind of show that you watch while going to sleep. So you know, it's been a great show to binge during the evenings when I should be working on homework, but uh, I'm procrastinating. It's uh cool. essentially it's a great show because it like. It, it seems like it's about nothing, but really it's about all these characters and their failures around work. Mm. You know, like she's just gotten fired. One of the guys is like, can't, is trying to go to culinary school, but can't bake. Uh, you know, one, right. one of the, um, one of the characters, she's a, she's a boxer, but she kind of quit doing that because she needed to pay bills. So instead she codes and she has mm. like a, she's got like a sign that says work or starve. Which is quite relatable, <laughs> oh, but yeah. yeah, it's just like every sure. everything about it is like very on point and very theme mm -hmm. themed very well, and it's it's based on the first season which came out on YouTube like eight years ago or something weird, something right. crazy. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a really good show. It's a really well made animated show, and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. So you got it, number two. Let's see. So I've got a couple different things that I'm kind of jumping back and forth on but uh i think because they released some of it recently uh in season six i'm gonna recommend jojo's bizarre adventure they just released another 10 or 12 episodes for the latest season it is the season that so far has been one of my favorites it's with jolene cujo 
the first female protagonist who is the best way to write a female protagonist. And she, she puts all the other modern female protagonists to shame by making one that's actually good. Because I like that they instead of making her strong because she's a female character, they made her a strong female character, which I love. So I've had a lot of fun with that, which sadly they haven't finished it yet. It's been year two, and they've only released the second third of the show. Um, but anyway, if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend starting from the gruesome beginning and travel all the way through. It's a great thing to watch, kind of like what Vinny recommended. It's a good thing to watch when you're going to bed or feeling tired or working on stuff because you pick up enough from just having it playing without having to watch every single minute of it. Whereas, you know, for instance, like, you gotta, like you gotta watch anime Death like Note that. keeps going. Otherwise Death Note keeps going and there's something every single episode. <clears throat> Whereas Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, I got into the first uh, season and a half by basically just having it playing while I was doing housework or going to sleep. And that was enough that I got hooked and I love it. I've watched it many times. It is a phenomenal show and very unique. So. Cool beans. All right. Here's my last recommendation for this week. This is uh this is an album I found forever ago from uh, uh, Tom Sharpling and Julie Klausner's podcast Double Threat. They had uh, this guy John Daly on. It's spelled J O N D A L Y. Yeah, I know. His that album guy. Ding Dong Delicious is uh <laughs> pretty. Dang- <laughs> Did you hear the one uh the uh, Cheer Me Up song where it's a parody? That one is like Cheer Me Up. Why don't you cheer me up? I'm very sad. <laughs> oh oh start me up gotcha i was like what is that and yeah yeah man <laughs> yeah. but yeah he's got a he's just got a full album of like uh comedy um covers comedy parodies yeah that's what is that the guy that did the addicted to computers song yes yeah she was addicted yeah. to computers <laughs> addicted to computers oh no <laughs> have you, oh, have you seen like the trailer for the new uh weird owl movie the oh, dude is that not hysterical it's so hilarious like, like, and then mom, i took a bunch of just... drugs yes he's like and then madonna came to my house she was like hey you want to <laughs> he's like okay it's just hysterical because <laughs> it's like so typical for every single yeah. other artist except i'm yeah i can't say everybody it's a parody of other weird people's owl. biopics i'm yeah. pretty sure weird owl was pretty much like the cleanest dude ever you know i mean yeah. you can tell by looking at him the dude hasn't aged and that shows you what yeah. a healthy life of being famous looks like yeah. because you have no stress from the fame and the money, and yet you didn't dabble in drugs and excessive alcohol use. So you you didn't age from the stress in life, and you didn't age from the alcohol or drug abuse. And so you're just like, good grief, dude. So much of Weird Al is just like gems that I've never seen just because I never really got into him until, you know. Even recently, I haven't really like binge all this have, stuff, but I just love. You, uh, I just love how his biopic is a parody of other biopics. Yes, I know. Mom. At first, your I thought dad it was real, and I decided was like, everything. Your dad I, I decided about- it'd be better if you just weren't yourself. <laughs> <laughs> they found him going to an illegal polka party. Oh, so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I was like, I thought everything, everything I knew about him has been a lie, but no. Then I figured it out. I was like, oh, okay, but. Uh, did you see the uh, sort of related? Did you see the episode of Game Grumps they did with him? They played Wheel of Fortune with him. I think I did. It I think I watched a great it, episode. I, I forgot a lot of it, you know, because it's been a while. Like there was this song title they were trying to guess, and it was "I Love Be I Love Me" by Megan Trainer, but they didn't have it filled out aside from Megan Trainer. And he was like, "Oh, it's <laughs> Oh Bite Me, I'm Megan Trainer." <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was just hysterical because all three of them almost have that same vocal tone and the same humor right. and the same way of laughing. And they Dude, played the same hair. The, they all played as the exact same character on the game too. So it was like they're like three people playing as the same character <laughs> who sound almost identical. Uh, Who's who? No. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. But, I gotta uh, go back and watch that again. Probably. Third recommendation. I am gonna actually say gotta something recent as well. Uh, and this is for you too, Vinny. It's Platoon 3. I've been having a blast oh, with snap. it. And it's about time you hop on and do some splooning with me. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, salmon I got run now, now 24 yeah, hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're becoming doctor school now, so that's harder for you to do. But uh, it's it's nice because unlike any other online game the matches are like three, four, five minutes. And so you sit mm, down and you can yeah. play for like 10 to 15 minutes and you feel like you've played three or four games. Hmm. And so, whereas like Fortnite, if you start winning, it's like, oh, this is going to be 30 minutes to an hour possibly, you know? Um, and that's <clears throat> that's my biggest struggle, finding games that I can sit down and play for just a little bit. Skyrim never worked yeah. because as soon as you go in a dungeon, nope. you're in there for two or three hours. And if you get off and get back on later, you might accidentally start progressing backwards through the dungeon because it's not yeah. at all obvious which way is in or out. Nope. <laughs> and so it became this horrendous mess of every time I'd have to stop playing, I'd have no idea where to pick, you know, where I was picking back up. Um, and I didn't right. really have that many hours in a row to play, whereas I enjoy Splatoon a lot because you can sit down, you can play a couple matches. If it's not going well, you can go to Sam and Run, and instead of playing against other players, you're playing with players against computer generated bosses that spawn at random and you you take them out to see what kind of score you can get and it's almost like a tetris style deal where it's like even though it's kind of the same gameplay over and over the whole point is to get that high score that's like yes so it's a very enjoyable game without being horrendously complex or difficult but uh it's a lot of fun and the story mode's pretty good too so cool they put in, they well, put in go, a lot folks. of good effort More i'd recommend Nintendo it for games. everybody yeah. Have you seen Breath of the Wild uh, 2? Here's the Kingdom. Yeah. Here's a, yes, yeah. yeah, was it May? May, isn't it? May, May 12th, May. I believe. May 12th. Which kills yeah. me, especially since uh, before before uh, COVID came around, it was going to be a uh, you know 2022 release. That was going to be yeah. uh, that was going to be what I did over. Well, Christmas I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Breath of the Wild if we didn't have to wait an extra five years for. Yeah. <laughs> the very first game took forever. You remember that? I remember it's like three different postponings, but uh, yeah, I feel like it was Boy, worth it. Was it worth it? So much yeah, detail. No, it was I, worth it. So I am much. just glad that I wasn't in the same position as everybody else, where you're watching the trailer over and over, waiting for it to come out. Yeah, because I feel mm -hmm. like just wait for Breath of the Wild. Uh, well, not Breath of the Wild two anymore. Uh, Tears of This Kingdom. Nope. Uh, I feel like that was you know that this has already been killing me, and I I I got Breath of the Wild. What was that? Was that 2018? We got it. Something like that. It may have been end of 2017, but I know it was... Well, yeah, because Faith bought me the Switch when Splatoon 2 dropped, and I didn't get it till that Christmas, and you and I didn't buy any Switch games, obviously, till that following time when we actually started playing it, which was like summer of the year following, so that would have been 2018. Yeah. So we were basically a year to a year and a half behind the release, and I didn't really get uh, into it for another six months. And so that actually benefited me. So that way I had a good time with it for about two years. And that way it's only going to feel yeah. like I had two years to wait. So there you go. Jumping I, in late I did about half the game. I did it over vacation during this past spring while in between working oh, it's a on great the game SAT. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great game for killing a lot of time. But anyway, folks, oh, yeah. I believe that is all our recommendations for this week. 
and thus we have come to the end of another fabulous episode oh, of Private no. Vinny. But do not fret, my friends, and I have more guests that I am working on lining out. So more episodes of Fridays with Vinny are, are coming eventually. I, I hope you guys can handle out. tumbling through the I hope you guys can handle tumbling through the seven day Vinnyless void of this week. A whole it's, seven it's days without any Vinny. You tumble know, through that horrendous tough. void till but, you make it to I the other side. And hear these buttery voices all over again. <laughs> well, you won't hear you won't hear this one. This buttery voice doesn't show up very often. But hey, Vinny'll be here for you guys, and he's more than a capable enough host. So, I can but it was great hanging with you, Vinny, nice. and with the rest of you guys. And uh, see you, cool guys, later. All right. You got any final words of wisdom for us? Before we not, say not really, not that you put me on the spot. I had them 30 seconds ago, they're yeah. gone now. Yeah, my bad. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> friends, as always, thank you so much for joining us for an episode of Friends with Vinny. As always, I love you, love yourselves, and I'll see you next time. Everybody. Fridays with Vinny is a production of Vinny, written and produced by Vinny, starring Vinny. Special thanks to Music provided by Kevin MacLeod of Incomatech.com. Vinny is not responsible for the views and opinions expressed by Vinny or any uh, parallel dimensions by other Vinny doing parallel podcasts in any alternate universes. Vinny is the property of Vinny LLC and was used with permission. Send your questions, comments, and death threats into contactvinnyhoney.com. Until next time, this is Vinny signing off.